Welcome to our groundbreaking 12-week live podcast series that delves deep into the heart of the hairdressing world, promising to change the way you view you and your salon experience forever. Hosted by the dynamic duo of myself and Mariana, two seasoned hairstylists with a passion for innovation and authenticity, this podcast is your guide to unlocking the power of change from the inside out. With candid live discussions, expert insights, and a touch of humor, myself and Mariana create a safe and inspiring space for listeners to embrace change, boost their self-esteem, and unlock their true potential. Are you ready to step into where hairdressing is more than just a service, but a path to personal growth and empowerment? Join me and Mariana on this new series and be part of the movement that's changing the hair industry from the inside out. Your journey is renewed confidence and discovery starts here. So this is episode 10 of 12. So we're uh, talking about, I'm going to dive deep into rituals. So rituals are the timeless choreography of our lives, the sacred dances that infuse the mundane with meaning to elevate the extraordinary with the ordinary. Whether it's morning uh, beverage that kickstarts our day, the bedtime stories that cradle us to our slumber, or solemn ceremonies that celebrate life's pivotal moments. Rituals are the threads that weave the tapestry of our existence. They offer comfort in chaos, structure in uncertainty, and the sense of a connection that transcend time and space. Rituals are the silent guardians of our traditions, the glue that binds families and, and communities, the cultures together. In these carefully orchestrated moments, we find solace, purpose, and profound sense of community. And they are the notes in the symphony of our lives, the verses of our unwritten story, and the timeless anchors in the sea of constant change. Rituals are the heartbeat of the shared human experience, reminding us that in the rhythm of every day, we discover the extraordinary. Let's get started. Um, so in the comments, let us know where you're from. And if you're watching live or watching the replay, today we're going to dive deep into rituals, which something is to think about and something that you think, oh, it's something we do, something that you know you you don't consciously think of or something maybe you consciously do. So please share this live, make sure to heart it up and let the social media platforms know that you're enjoying this content. So what are three words that come to mind when you think rituals? Just share it in the comments. And now we're going to dive in deep. So if you have any uh, questions and answers, make sure you put those in. So let's go and welcome Mariana and with our deep dive. So welcome, Mariana. Good to see you again on week 10 already. So... <laughs> With, with with rituals. So as we kind of dive deep into, um, so we have Christina. Oh, Christina's on. So Christina, who was just on the summit, I believe that you just did um, the green summit. So she said, hello, coming from central Canada. Hey, I'm a fellow Canadian. <laughs> I'm from Canada. <laughs> you never know. So welcome, welcome, welcome. 
So, and then, yep, uh, presence, sacredness, love. Those are all words that we think of when we think of ritual. I think of mindfulness. I think of, um, you know, we'll go a little bit deeper. I'll let Mariana, because I've been talking a little bit already. So, uh, and then again, hello, beautiful people. So lots mm -hmm. of hearts and, and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, you'll get a chance to talk, Mariana. <laughs> so, so when you're thinking ritual, what do you kind of think of ritual in a holistic uh, salon sense or experience? Um, good morning from Australia, everybody. Um, it's so nice to be here in episode 10. And, you know, it feels like we, we've come to this beautiful, juicy, delicious, pivotal moment of um, of bringing spirit into what we do. And I know there's a lot of hairdressers, you know, coming off the summit, the global summit a couple of weeks ago, and there's a lot of hairdressers. Every hairdresser that was on that summit was actually talking about the rituals that they bring into their salon space and the awareness that they've actually cultivated of how much depth and how much richness and meaning it brings to their salon environment in terms of keeping them centered, keeping them present, keeping you intentional. Mm -hmm. they're, they're the three words that I would bring into this. It's like it brings an essence of presence and it also cultivates intentionality with what you're doing because you've grounded the energy into your space. You've grounded it. I think I want to use the word anchor today. Anchor is a really big word for me today. I don't know why, why, but I've woken up with anchor and anchor is going to stay with me today, I feel. And I feel like it's this in, 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 in the, I suppose the um, transient, the transience of a salon environment, we've got many personalities that are coming in all at once, all at the same time. And you can actually get many conversations, many energies, many people. And if you're allowing that, those different energies to actually guide and direct your salon's energy its essence you end up with confusion you end up with frustration you end up in transference and actually adapting stuff from other people that you're not really conscientious of so here what the reason why ritual is so important is because what it does is it anchors you into yourself it anchors your staff into themselves and it anchors the team into the salon and and with each other. So, and everybody can set an intention. That could be the first thing that they can actually do. But like I even want to go back before we even get to the salon and I want to get to, you know, this, this I suppose, you know, some people from conversations that I've had with other hairdressers, they get a little bit, you know, funny about, oh, ritual, oh, it's spiritual, oh, it's all of this stuff. And it's like, no, let's let's combine ritual and, and routine because they are actually exactly the same thing. They are exactly, if you do something consistently every day that centres and anchors you into yourselves, like going to yoga, going for a walk, going for a bike ride, whatever it is, um, having a certain breakfast, having a certain routine in the morning that you do that sets you up for your day, that is a ritual. I just want to bring this into, you know, hairdressing, everyday language, and just let, let's let's bridge the language together so that we can mm -hmm. understand. And this is this is the shift that we're all talking. What's what's holistic? What's holistic? The, the holistic is shifting from 
routine and everyday word to ritual. And the frequency that's attached to ritual is very different to the frequency that's attached to routine. Routine seems mechanical. It seems strategic. It seems cognitive and mental. It's something that you do from your mind, whereas ritual is something you do from your spirit. Ritual is something you do for your whole whole self. It's not just I've got to do this because it's going to give me that. No, ritual is I'm going to do this because it's going to bring me into this. And that's that's the shift of language that we're talking about here. So routine and ritual, hey, on the same page here. And that's what I want to start this exciting conversation. <laughs> but it's so true. Anchor is a great word because we have a lot of anchors that we put in. We have a lot of associations. Um, even like you say, when you're getting ready in the morning, people say, I'm going to do this. I do this. If I do this every day, then I'm going to have a great day. So it also affects the other parts of your life. You're saying, I'm going to put on my lucky socks today. I'm going to do this. And then, but you also feel that when you're wearing them, you're going to have a lucky day or things are going to, um, you know, go your way or, or that sort of thing. So you're always, you're already kind of predestined, predestined your day to a positive outcome coming in. And then Christina uh, says, yeah, the love, love the languaging here. So yeah, and that's what it really is. Because a lot of times, people assume that a ritual is something that you're, you know, sitting on the floor, you know, you may be doing some kumbaya and whatever, but <laughs> it's it's not that but we have the, the general things that we're doing all the time, that are a ritual that we don't even think about it. Like you said, rituals and our daily practices are kind of interchanged. But they're things that kind of set us up to meet our day or or they kind of frame, I think they frame frame the outcome because you have how you see. But why would you say, if I hold on to this, this makes the day lucky? Does that item really do it? Or is it the thing that it does for your body with what your mind is creating or the smells that you smell or the feelings that you have? Or it's like, as I say, we talked about coffee as a stimulant. But some people say, if I don't have my X amount of coffees, then you know what I mean? But that's a ritual. I believe. So when they're doing that, I have to get my Starbucks. I have to get my, you know, in Canada, it's Tim Hortons. We also have Tim uh, Starbucks now sort of thing. But it's all these little intricate things. But like I said at the beginning, I also believe mindfulness is part of that. So for mm -hmm. me, mindfulness is also associated with anchor. Mm -hmm. So when you're anchored, you're also mindful because then you're becoming more focused and more exact with what you're actually doing, as opposed to just doing a bunch of random things and hope your day is going to go well before you walk into the salon, before you get into your car, before you leave your house, before you, there's so many, I think, rituals that we go through subconsciously, we don't even realize we do them. But in our mind, when, if you had to write down every day, what you did with journaling, which I suggest everybody does, you can start to see those patterns of, of what you're doing every day, which is your rituals that you're doing every day. Uh, and it defines you more as a person and kind of helps you dig deeper. Oh, these are my rituals. Or these are my rituals for myself. Mm -hmm. These are my rituals when I go to work. And these are the rituals when I'm with a, a client. So I hand it over to you, Mariana, yeah. to go a little bit deeper. Yeah. I, I knew you were going to use Kumbaya. 
It's my favorite <laughs> kumbaya because I've been in a lot of those kumbaya circles, as I say, and and it's not always yeah, it's not always a bad thing. It's just for most people, I think with kumbaya though, it's it's a it's a centered sacred space that people are in that they're kind of just in their own bubble sort of thing. I. I'm, I'm, I was having a little giggle about it because mm -hmm. it's 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 still a language. It's still a word that you know the collective associate to being centered, mindful, and in some sort of meditative practice, some sort of spiritual connection with self. Mm -hmm. um, and we laugh at it because we know it's so much more than that. And that's just it's just but the importance of language and the importance of that one word being said, and it drops you immediately into this state of awareness. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're talking about with today is like, what's the language? And I really want to emphasize on language today on, on today's podcast, because every word we use is is creates a vibration and it creates a frequency into with what we do how we're doing it and how it's anchoring us into self into our work with our clients with our teams in our salons it's anchors us into that and like you were saying last week, you know, I'm, I'm going to slap on some bleach on your head, you know, saying saying words like mm -hmm. that, the frequency of that is obtrusive. You have this energy immediately, and I, I'm talking about this because it really brings us into the depth of ritual. And when we come into ritual, how important it is to be aware of the language that we're using when we're actually setting intentional space. And that's where I want to start from today is the language of setting intentional space, the intentional space at home and what you do in the morning. Like one thing that I suggest that you do in the morning is a, an amazing ritual is before you open your eyes in the morning is actually take three breaths in bed and allow your senses to tune in to your environment and just tune in to what's going on in around you without using your eyes without using your without using anything else but your hearing your sense of smell and your just sense of feeling in your body and actually just connect in and this is like this is actually the the the, the beginning threads of what anchoring into yourself really is about and this is the beginnings of actually creating ritual in your life because first it starts with the self. It starts on a micro level where we're actually coming back into self. We begin the day with the self. We begin the day with being within us. This is the first step of ritual. And then how you get up from that place, the mindfulness, the mindfulness that's associated with that place that you're in when you've come from there and try it tomorrow morning, guys, like, you know, people that are listening today, try this and see, see how different your day is. And I just want you to remember when you're, when you're doing things like this, pay attention to the choices that you make from the different state of mind you're in when you come out of an anchored place when you come out of a mindful place like what is what changes in your world what what, what changes in your world when you come out 
of a mindful place instead of you jump out of bed and you go, okay, where's my coffee? Where's my thing? And that's a ritual as well. But you're, you're waiting. It's not anchored. It's not mindful. It's actually habit. We're dropping into habit instead of mindful choice. And to really step into the essence of ritual, we need to be in a place of mindfulness. We need to be in a place of continual connection to ourselves and not externally, it's internally. And then from there, the rituals begin because the body is what guides us into um, what do we need to do now? Like what's important for you this morning? And it might be different every morning, but if we start off with a mindfulness ritual in the morning, what happens is, is that ritual will lead you into something that will be surprising, you know, and every day that'll change. And it's about being present and anchored into yourself and allowing your body to actually guide you into, hey, you know, instead of going for that run that you always do this morning, what about going for a walk? Or what about going, have ha, do some more meditation? Because there's a lot of thoughts going on in your mind and you need to anchor yourself deeper into yourself. So if you're really deeply anchored and listening, the ritual in the self is going to present itself. And this is where we really start activating, you know, I'm, I'm my work, my, 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 Theory is all about working from the inside out. And this is how we work from the inside out. It's how the internal landscape actually informs what happens in our external landscape. And it's about tapping into this internal landscape and not using substance to, to cajolt us. That's a new word today. Cajolt us out of our bodies where we're not connected holistically to ourselves and are listening and informed to what steps to take next. So starting off ritual in the morning, starting off your practice from the minute that your body starts waking. And this is the first step to entering into ritual space. Exactly. And I think there's a big difference between habit and rituals, because like you said, you can go, you get your coffee, you do your thing. You really want to build a life that you're excited to wake up and you jump out of bed. Like, why not change some of these running for, as I say, running to walking, but also when you wake up first thing in the morning, make sure you hydrate, maybe add some minerals and things like that before you even eat, meditate for, you know, 30 minutes or write in your journal for 10 minutes or uh, go for that walk to clear your head, even before you've done your day, even if you want to get up that little bit earlier, now you're making different choices rather than I'm going to stump, I'm going to hit my alarm three to five more times. I'm going to grab that coffee. I'm going to grab whatever's in the fridge to take to work that may be not nutritionally great for me. I'm going to grab a coffee at the drive-thru. I'm going to get to work. And then you're like, so you're kind of out of array because you're not anchored into something more solid where you can say, hey, I'm going to start making ritualistic choices for me that's going to give me a better life a better outcome and a better me so you're choosing for yourself rather than just being caught in that 
nine to five, so to speak, corporate world where you kind of do it and you're just doing, you come in, you do the clients, you go home, you come, it's an endless cycle every single day. So when you're now doing something more productive in the morning, like journaling, or as I say, going and, and clearing your thoughts before you even start your day. So you're not, you're not on vacation. So you don't need to bring your baggage with you. So don't pack all that baggage and then load it in the car, bring it to work, and you're unloading it to all your clients. <laughs> you're not on vacation. You're there to provide provide service because you want to be there mindfully, wholly present for them because really, like most of us that have stuff going on and have problems, 80% of the people don't care. The other 20% are glad that you have them. So- Really, when you're in a work environment, you don't need your to bring your stuff from the outside in. That's what your journaling is for. That's what going out for a walk is for, to clear your thoughts. That's what your meditation is for, to get your downloads or just kind of clear or even, like Mariana said, with the breathing and things like that. That really make a difference in starting your day as opposed to just the, it's always been that way. I always do that. I need, I have my thing where I get up. I do my coffee. I do my cigarette. I then I go use a restroom, then I get ready quickly. I jump in the car, grab something at the drive-thru, and then I'm at work. So you can see how those are two very different rituals or habits, mm -hmm. but one is more mindful and one is more just you're just doing it because and you're grabbing at anything that's kind of right in front of you. Would you agree, Maria? Uh, I totally agree with that. It's 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 just mindfulness is like where we're gonna start you know where we've already started mm -hmm. and it's, it's such it's 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 an empowered state of being you know it's empowering you to be in a state of choice you know instead of being led by habit as you were saying it's it's an empowering state of choice and when we're in an empowered state of choice what happens is that we're able to bring substance to our life we're able to bring substance to our day, meaning to our day. That's not just, as you were saying before, we're just going with the habits, getting the coffee, going through the motions, getting to the salon, tuning out of our salon, our, our clients, and just doing the robotic actions that get us through to the end of the day mm -hmm. where we hit another substance potentially and we get mm -hmm. on with that habit like the beginning of the day habit and the end of the day habit and in between it's spiritless it's, mm -hmm. it's meaningless and if we're stepping into this holistic mentality this holistic sense of being and bringing more intentionality into what we're doing we really need to start we need to be we need to start being vulnerable mm -hmm. and we start being authentic because when we put everything on the line in that way when we know what's internally and what we're putting on the line to show up with what happens is is that we're met with that in our clients and in our day the adventure the journeys the conversations mm -hmm. the exchanges the connections that actually occur in our everyday which brings substance it brings depth it brings essence to why, which in the outcome brings excitement and inspiration and enjoyment and fulfillment with what we're doing. You know, everybody, I hear a lot of like, I, I just want to be happy, but how about wanting to be fulfilled? 
Mm-hmm. You know, being fulfilled is long term. And this is like, this is why we're talking about ritual, because being fulfilled is a long term, it's a long term goal. It's something that needs to be worked upon every day. It's not something that you go, oh, I've just made this decision and then boom, I'm fulfilled. No, it's a constant. It's a constant exercise of being with self. Hey, what's available today? Oh, this is available today. Oh, this is not available today. It was available yesterday, but it's not available today. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And it's like we're, we're talking about bringing spirit, bringing meaning to every day. So when we're talking about ritual, We're talking about bringing spirit and meaning to your everyday, how you start your day to when you get to the salon, and we're just about to jump into that now, and when you get to the salon, the state of your being, and I want you guys to try this, everybody that's listening to this, go into the salon after you've heard this, tomorrow maybe, go into the salon, go in mindfully and intentionally and see, just just observe. What kind of a day you had by being present to yourself, by being present to what's going on for you and being intentional and what kind of a day you end up having with your clients and with yourself and your team. Like just monitor it. Just have a look and go, wow, like what what changed? What were the micro changes that happened for you that day that actually expanded and, and deepened your experience in the salon? Did you get more enjoyment out of it? Did you did you actually feel more fulfilled in your conversations, in your exchanges, with your relationships that you're building? Did you, did you find something out about a client that you never have known about them, even though you might have been doing them for 10 years and you found this really beautiful nugget of gold that helped you guide them into a more authentic expression of themselves like this is what we're talking about when we're talking about ritual it's like what are you bringing from your ritual into your day and now we're starting you know I feel like we're creeping into the salon now and this is this is this little piece of if you're an owner or a manager of a salon this is extremely important for you because you are leading a team you are managing a team you are you are the I suppose the voice and the leader of that team so it's really important your state is extremely important because everybody in your team vibes off you you lead by example you lead by your energy your state of mind your mindfulness and you lead from that place so that you don't get burnt out because being a manager or an owner is quite a high responsibility in a salon so there's a lot of pressure on you but if you come back in and you actually center and be intentional with how you step into your space in the morning. Just watch how that day changes with your staff, with your clients, the operations of the salon. How, how is it smoother than it ever was? Because you've actually centered your energy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and taking from what we were talking about on rites of passage last week, because as you're going to the different levels, moving in what we're talking today about being anchored, but also going into the salon, being a leader. But I think one word that resonates, and one 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 of the things we always talk about every week is always auth- being authentic, authenticity. But I think another word to add on to that in reference to... Um, ritual is accountability. So mm-hmm. as a leader, you need to be authentic, accountably, accountably authentic. So with that, when you're authentic and you're accountable, like be recount- be accountable for yourself in the morning before you get to your shop by the choices you make. Be accountable in the salon and with others and with your clients, that sort of thing that you're, you're there, you're present, you're listening, you're, you're, you're developing the best you can to bring out everyone. But I think accountability is something, it's a word that people are scared of, but I think it's a word we can really grow from. And it really makes you that much better and more empowered, the more authentic you are. And and another word we talk about is boundaries, but I think more so authenticity is more in ritual um, than, than anything else. And really, the accountability part is always be accountable to yourself and to others at all times. And that's always going to keep you on track and to be the most authentic uh, person you can be. Mm. Absolutely. It's like, and this is, I, I suppose, you know, the, all these, the, these 10 podcasts, we're halfway through the 10th one already, but these 10 podcasts they're all about inspiring hairdressers that are listening to the power of authenticity mm-hmm. and the elements of authenticity and what it brings, the richness that it brings. And this is like a mindset change. It's also a behavioural change as well in terms of, you know, the practices that you actually bring into your everyday and how that starts shape-shifting your reality in terms of becoming more intentional, becoming more mindful and leading into becoming more authentic because you're allowing yourself to deepen into your truth. And when we access this place of truth, I want to actually, you know, I want to talk to the piece of how we actually, how we, how we bring the invisible to light. And spirit is this, you know, the spirit, the essence, the the energy, whatever you want to call it, whatever word feels most resonant for you. But how do we bring spirit into the light? How do we bring spirit? How do we we language the essence of your environment into the space? This is, we're talking about the invisible here ritual and the ritual is actually the the anchor point of actually cultivating and bringing the invisible to light making manifest the invisible to light it manifests it the essence into the space and this is a really big point because I've had I've had one of I'm just going to use this as a case study but I've got one of my mentoring clients is um, had a, a salon, a normal salon, and then what happened when she started bringing practices, spiritual practices and, and es- essential practices into her space, she started noticing that people were coming in just because they were attracted to the energy of the place. She didn't change anything on the outside. Mm-hmm. She actually brought the spirit 
to life. She started engaging with herself so much that that actually started translating into her salon space. So her smells changed, her aesthetics changed, her language changed, the way that she was presenting and meeting her clients changed, the way her staff felt changed. All of this energy, this invisible energy that we're talking about actually starts cultivating. Um, it manifests into your reality. People feel it and they're drawn to it. It becomes a magnet. So if you want a calm space, calm's not a thought. Calm is an actuality that needs to come from your own center point, your own anchor point. Are you calm? Are you centered? Are you grounded? Are you anchored in yourself in order for that to actually reflect in your space? So if you've got a salon that's chaotic, <laughs> <laughs> good morning. Um, if you've got a salon that's, that's calm, if you've got a salon that, sorry, if you've got a salon that's chaotic and you're sitting there tearing your hair out going, why is why isn't anything working today? And why is everything a mess? And why isn't, and why is, why is, what? And you're saying, why, why, why all day long? Mm -hmm. You need to actually pull back and take a look at yourself. Why are you experiencing this? Everything is a mirror of what is going on inside of us. So if we don't intentionally set ritual at the beginning of the day where we're conscientious, of how we're feeling. And this is not to say that if you're having a sad day or a down day or those those kind of days where you're not in your highest of spirits, it doesn't mean that we're discounting and going, oh, that's not acceptable here. You can't be in that. It's got nothing. It's about being authentic. It's like recognizing, going, hey, I'm feeling flat today and that's okay. So what kind of a ritual do you need on the day or what kind of a practice do you need if you wake up going I'm feeling flat today I'm not feeling my best self I'm feeling a bit achy or I'm feeling a bit low vibe or whatever it is what ritual do you know yourself well enough to know what ritual do you need to put in place in the morning to honor and to support that place within you like it could be like making a really beautiful cup of tea, you know, like in the morning instead of having a coffee, making a tea, maybe putting on some really calming music to actually center yourself and, and, and give yourself comfort. This is a ritual. It's like ritual is about cultivating rituals that support your nervous system, that support your mind, your moods, your emotions. These are rituals that we need to actually bring in place. Do you know what they are for you? Do you know what you need when you're in this mood or that mood? Do you know what you need to cultivate if you're actually in, um, in a stress state where you've got a high fight or flight nervous system what do you do when you're like that? What calms you from fight or flight? What centers you? What grounds you? What anchors you from fight or flight? This is all ritual. This is all cultivated rituals that you can put in place and go, I know myself well enough that when I'm feeling like this, I need to leave the salon and go for a walk. I need to do some breathing. I need to connect to the earth. I need to take my shoes off and feel 
the grass or feel the earth or be in on the sand or whatever it is. I need to do this ritual for myself because my nervous system needs time out. So it's about like the micro rituals as well, as well as the macro rituals too, but the micro rituals that we do for our self-care, guys. Ritual is about self-care. It's about self-care for the, the your individuality and your authenticity, and it's about bringing that self-care into your team, into your salons, into your exchanges. What is the ritual? What is the ritual that you're engaging with your clients with? You know, like are you bringing them a really nice cup of tea or are you dosing them up with caffeine so that they're leaving your salon buzzed up? If that's your salon, that's great. And if you, you know, people come in because they know they're going to get, you know, a caffeine injection, I like to call it, (laughs) (laughs) and get buzzed up so that they're actually on high vibe all day and Mm. that's your salon, that's fine. That's your ritual then and that's what your clients are used to. But if your salon, if we're stepping into holistic salon space, if your salon is a place where it is a sanctuary, where you're actually communicating that, that silent, invisible essence to your clients. It's a place for your clients to come for refuge. It's a place for your clients come to relax and let the world go and just actually take some time out. This is a felt sense experience. And this is the invisible ritual that I'm talking about. What rituals do you have in place that bring that to the surface? Exactly. I love when you say spirit, because basically what you're doing, you're taking the invisible to the visible. So, and that's also what we do with clients too. We take what's inside them and we bring it out and we transform it into what we create collectively, you know, between the stylist and the client sort of thing, but with spirit, because spirit is out there and you're right about energies and, and like, why are some people drawn to you and other people not so much? Because a lot of people think they're giving off a certain energy and they're, they're not really like people, I'm, I'm giving off this positive energy and people are going around them. And they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> so sometimes that's when you need to do some mirror work to really see like who, who, what is this spirit that you're coming in with? Is it edifying the people at work? Is it edifying the clients that you're seeing? Or is it, it, is it a low-grade vibe, right, energetic vibe that kind of is bringing everybody down? You know, and that's when you say, go out for a walk, do a journal, take a couple of minutes to, you know, uh, meditate or whatever you need to do to kind of change that energy state because if you're drawing that energy in, which I believe the energy is always, it's not really necessarily always out there. I think it's always within as well. So, and that's what connects with it. You're just taking that energy that's already within you that's invisible and making it visible to yourself and to others and to energetically by your ritual choices that also, I think, determines how your energy comes out. If you're going to eat a lot of sugar, do a lot of caffeine, your energy is going to be, you know what I mean? Like there's that saying where you say, oh, that person's energy irritates my demons. Well, it's the same sort of thing. Caffeine, a lot of sugar, high, you know, fructose food, like that's going to irritate your spirit because it's not really helpful to your body and to Mm. your mind and how you think and where you're at. So those are constant rituals that I think you have to look at too with 
what kind of feeling and what kind of energy you're putting out, but is that attached to something? And, and we, I think we talked about before, I think it was last week, I think it was you um, said about an energetic transference. Mm. I heard it somewhere, but I, but it's very easy that we can receive it. We can also give it. We can also be able to have our boundaries there too, where we're not receiving all this energetic kind of stuff that we don't need in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, because we take on, we take on so much, but I really want to stick to the ritual part and not go on a tangent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like energetic transference is, is what we're, is what we're protecting here with ritual and this is they actually all go hand in hand you know we've had we've spoken about many things and you know ritual goes definitely it's actually a, a, a divine marriage between ritual and rites of passage between ritual and um and energetic transference you know like ritual is the essence it's the spirit of who it is that you are as a person and what it is that you do in your life as a person, mm -hmm. is it congruent with your truth, with your authenticity? And this is, this is, this is, this is really stripping back the layers and tearing off the masks and then unveiling your inauthentic shadow self and integrating these shadows. This is really where we're getting a bit complex here, and I don't, I'm not going to get too carried away on the tangent of you know, shadows and masks and all the rest of it, that it, what I want to talk to in this is that it, it does confront this and I'm mm -hmm. just acknowledging it in this conversation and it is challenging to really come into this state of authenticity where you're honouring your soul, you're honouring your spirit, you're honouring you're honoring your authenticity and, and you are vulnerable, courageously vulnerable enough to show up in everything that you are mm -hmm. so that you're not creating you're not creating the illusion and getting upset by expectation from coming from a place where you're disillusioning the people that are in your space so mm -hmm. that's all i'm going to say about that <laughs> it's 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 quite a complex mm -hmm. you know, it's actually the psychology of hairdressing that we're really talking about and that we've sort of veered away and this is, I'm going to veer it right back into ritual. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about the altar and I want to talk about the altar within, the altar within. What do we carry in ourselves every day? Like did you smell something or see something like a beautiful flower with a great essence or did you see a, an amazing sunrise that morning did you hear a beautiful song from a bird this this is this is the altar within that carries us that that moment of pure magic that happens in our body that we from the external world and the internal world that we carry and we place in our internal altar in the this little piece that that sunrise is going to stay with me today all day because that sunrise actually awoke me in a way it it, it brought something to me so when we talk about the internal altar what are you putting from your morning, from your morning practice, from your morning ritual, what are you putting on the internal altar that you're carrying with you for the day? What is worthy of being carrying, carried with you through that day? Is it that sunrise? Is it that bird song? Is it that 
flower? Is it that smell of that, the essence of the flower? What is it? So this is the internal altar and what we're carrying with us. And then, then we have the external altar. And you may have an altar at home. Maybe I'll talk about what an altar is first because people might be going, what's an altar? <laughs> is it an altered personality disorder? Yes, there is that as well in psychology when we're actually looking at altered personality. And we're not going to talk about that right now. We're talking about altars. And what I mean by an altar is that it's a sacred place. It's a sacred space within yourself and a sacred space in your home, a sacred space in your salon. It's a place where you put things on it that remind you of your anchored spirit self, of a place when you get lost in conversation, in communication, in relationships through your day with your team and your clients that you can come back to, where you can just Maybe have it in a place where you can just look over your shoulder through a mirror and see, you know, it might be a statue, it might be a crystal, it might be um, it might be a piece of wood, it might be a shell. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters is, is that that piece, that sacred piece that you have chosen to put on this sacred table, this sacred space, where only sacred objects in terms of things that you connect with your soul and yourself remind you and keep you anchored throughout your day. This is, this is a really important piece and I really highly recommend that every salon creates an altar space for your team to bring in something that keeps them centered, that keeps them grounded. You could be burning, you know, frankincense or incense or having your oils burning in this place as well. So it actually keeps the spirit, the sacredness, the essence, the energy of your anchored space, the intention that you've set in the morning with your with your team, that could also be a ritual part of your morning ritual where you come together and everybody gets a minute to go, I'm feeling, boom, that's a ritual. I'm feeling and you go around the circle and everybody actually drops into the circle and everybody's aware. And I think I've shared this multiple times in our conversations that what are, and then everybody brings in a piece that reminds them it could be flower. I, they were walking to work, they saw this beautiful flower and they go, oh, this beautiful flower just brought a smile to my face. I'm going to put that on the altar today because that's going to remind me of that moment that I had that brought a smile to my face. And you'll, you'll see that really subtle, simple thread, how that carries through every person that you touch, every conversation you have, and how it keeps you connected to yourself. So the altar is a sacred space, and it doesn't have to be big. It's a sacred space that you can cultivate and create in your salon that reminds everybody of who they are and what they're feeling. And this is a really great way to bring in spirit, really bring in sacredness, really bring in ritual into your environment where it makes it real. And I'm telling you, your clients are going to feel this. They are certainly going to feel this because it's coming from the deepest, most authentic part of who you are. Exactly. And with my altar, I always like bring in whatever is good, whatever is positive, whatever is 
pleasant and and lovely sort of thing. So then that way you're bringing in all the good stuff. So obviously, if that's inside you, that's also what you're going to exude out around to around the people around you. So you, be, I, I think we have to be very mindful of what we put in and what's on our altar and what we we have to present to other people because that's part of being authentic as well. And it's all part of, as I say, uh, when the mask comes off. But as I say, people come to you because of you and you're there for them. And if you're filled with positive, you know, and and you're going to create that light and that's where that light shines for other people to see, um, you know, as you're working with clients, as you're there for them. As I say, you want to have a space in your salon where it is a space where they're like, yes, I know why I'm working here, or I know why I'm part of this company, or I know why I love to collaborate with these people, because we're also creating community with this light that we have as well, or who we're drawing in, the clients that are coming in because of, I think, because when you have this inside, you're also radiating it out, and that connects with other like-minded uh, mm -hmm. people also. Um, oh, and, yeah. And, and just have, yeah, if you wanted to interject, but um, so if, if people are just watching now, we're talking about ritual and it's probably totally different than what you think it is. So, so if you're just joining now, welcome. If you want to say hi, where you're from, if you're watching the replay, put replay. Um, we love to have you here. Always when you comment, I'll bring you up and uh, we love to celebrate you uh, like we do with everybody that comes on. Um, but with rituals, um, yeah, if you've kind of missed it, you can always go back to the beginning and we're on part 10 of 12. Um, so you can always go back and watch from the beginning. And I'd love to still, we'd love to still hear your insights, what you have to say, and join us in this collaborative as we're, you know, at the altar filling and being authentic. And as, as, and, and what words do you think come to you when you think of ritual? I'll hand it over to you, Mariana, because I think a thought came to you while I was talking. Uh, I, I always have a million thoughts, you know that. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. not a, that's the reason why we created this 12-part series because there's yes. thoughts. <laughs> I actually put together a podcast yeah. about it. I, I, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's it, it, from that place, what I want to bring into the, the field now is that from that place of, you know, centred, we've spoken for almost 50 minutes about being centred, grounded, personal ritual and how we actually bring that into ourselves, into the salon, into our our teams, you know, and how we're working together. Now I actually want to bring in hair ritual, you know, how we actually, what kind of rituals we're doing with our clients in the salon. Now this is a really big topic because, I know a lot of people now, there's a whole buzzword of, you know, cranial sacral massage and Reiki and, you know, doing tapping on the crown and, and we're doing like, th these are all rituals, these are all mm -hmm. exercises, these are all processes and um, modalities that we can bring in. But what is the ritual that you actually use to bring your client into their own authentic state? What, what, what do you have in place that actually allows your client to drop into their body? What, do you, what rituals have you got in place? Do you have calming tea to begin with? Do you have a face-to-face -face conversation where you're connecting and creating resonance, energetic resonance between you and your client? Uh, have you got 
calm music in the background, smells that are actually relaxing and soothing for their soul so they can actually just drop away because you need to remember they're coming from the outside world into your world. This is a very important thing. So your world, your reality, your environment needs to be set within the frequency and the tone of what essence you are cultivating with every single client. Remember, a client's going to walk out of your salon and go, I had the most amazing experience. They're not going to say I had the best haircut. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, they will say I had, a, I had a great haircut afterwards, but they will always say I had a great experience. Now, what is the experience that you're giving to your clients? What is the essence that you're giving to your clients? This starts with the ritual. This starts with the rituals that you put in place that are subtle, that your clients are going to look at and go, oh, my God, I had this most amazing ritual, unless you get into really high vibe initiation work and then they know they're engaging in rites of passage ritual, which is a whole other subject, Mm -hmm. you know. But we're talking about the subtle rituals today. We're not talking about initiation rituals because that's really advanced work. What we're talking about is... What subtle rituals are you putting in place that engage your client's spirit into themselves, into your connection and into the space so that you can access them in a way that supports their empowered authenticity to transpire and actually show up? How do you drop them in? How do you bring them into that state? So, you know, I'm going to suggest a few things. And one of them is, you know, the tone, not having phone phones ringing in the salon is one of them. So a client doesn't walk into busyness and, and hecticness. They walk into uh, a calm, centered, beautifully, beautiful music, great smells are spoken about this in the sensory body, great environment that they actually walk into. So their nervous system immediately just drops. And they're not even noticing it. So their nervous system's already responding to the environment. That's the first ritual, the first ritual. I'm going to use the language of ritual now. That's the first ritual to engaging with them is setting the environmental state and essence. The second ritual is what what beverages are you giving them? That is a ritual that they know they come and that, and sometimes I'll be looking forward to go, oh, I'm just going to go to the hairdressers and I'm going to have my tea and I'm going to just chill out and just have some time out from this crazy mad world and I'm just going to have a drop in, you know, and this could be something that an experience that you're cultivating, a ritual that you're cultivating in all the micro little rituals that you bring to the table and it's the beverage, it's the sound, it's the environment, and it's also your communication and your connection. That's also a ritual because your clients will, and I'm going to use this word very liberally right now, and I'm very mindful of the words that I use, but your clients will expect this. And I don't like using the word expect because it actually leads to disappointment, but I will say when, what you're doing is you're cultivating a neuropathway in your clients that eventually the word expectation will drop away from them and what will happen is they'll have this neuropathway of feeling a centered or feeling a grounded or an anchored state when they're with you and they know their body programs this going, oh, 
I know I'm just going to go and chill out at my hairdressers. I know I'm going to feel like that. And that's the expectation part that I'm talking about here. So what are you programming? What are you what are you um, initiating through your rituals that you have and your practices that you have with your clients that gradually relax their nervous system, gradually open them up, gradually actually extend into a relaxed state so much so that you can get into their inner landscape and you can really have conscientious, authentic, mindful conversations with them about where they're at, what they're feeling, what they want, what's going on in their world. And this all starts with the rituals that you have in place. Um, Not routine. We're not talking about routine anymore. We're talking about ritual now. You know, and from the minute they walk in to the minute they walk out, like, is it all streamlined? Is it relaxed? Like, is there just this seamless experience that they walk from the minute they walk into the minute they walk out? There is this seamless experience that they're having of that. You know, we've spoken about this in energy that they have this energetic alignment, the frequency, the tone, the vibration of what you've created from. Woe to go is actually all in a ritualized, aware, mindful state for them. So a lot of language there, and I'm I'm really focusing on using new language in this podcast on purpose because it's through upgrading the way that we're speaking. It's through upgrading the way that we're communicating with ourselves, with our team, with our environment, communities, clients, that actually changes and brings us into this holistic mindset. It's the way you're talking, communicating is also part of manifesting this ritual into place. It's bringing it to light because in the mindfulness of the words we use that actually activates the the essence and the state that we're delivering, that we're cultivating, that we're creating here in our salon spaces and in our lives to, to, to create more meaning, to create more um, spirit, to create more life, to create more inspiration, to create more fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And I think because we're changing from the inside out, which is the main purpose of the podcast, I think it really happens too. Um, like I think it happens a little bit before they walk in the door. As soon as they walk in the door, they should get the atmosphere. But I think it's really working on what your what rituals you have inside your shop. How are you putting that outside that would make people want to come in and mm-hmm. participate in those rituals. So really people driving by or seeing your signs or how does it make, because obviously two people anticipate if I go to this salon, I'm going to feel this again, expectation, but through, through that, when they, they have the conversation with the, you know, hairstylist, they know what they can do, things like that. But why not bring that inside out where you can now kind of convey that on the outside of your salon, So people kind of can feel that, they can see that, so they kind of know and they want to be drawn into that world that you've created before they even have made an appointment, before they even, they just know with that spirit or with that alignment or what you've set up or how authentic you are, what kind of boundaries you have, how you serve the community. That's one big thing. And that's one under, I think, 
a superpower not looked at by a lot of uh, uh, salons is that we are big about creating community. We are big influencers in the community. A lot of times we are the only salon for the community, you know, so we really have to present ourselves in a way that people literally can almost visualize the altar outside your salon. And they're like, yes, I see what's on their altar. I want to be part of this. I want to come in and be part of this ritual experience. I want to be part of in a, in a positive way. Um, you know, that they want to be part of that. They, they know they'll be taken care of. They know that the person there is authentic and will take care of them. And it's not just like another shop, but as soon as they, they inhale that, that, mm, spirit, so to speak, that mm -hmm. once they come in right from the first, as I say, even before they speak to anybody, to me, it already hits you in the face. It should like when you're outside that door, you're grabbing that handle and you open that door. It's a breath of fresh air that should come in and, and, and make those little, you know, atoms in your body and cells in your body come alive and start to tingle when they're there and they're tingling and they're so by the time they're done, as I say, it's not about the haircut. It's about the great experience and journey they had that they want to tell everyone else you need to come here because they're just buzzing and they're tingling and they don't know why they just know it's something different. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That, that just felt really beautiful when you were talking, I was really really dropping into the power, you know, when you use the word how powerful hairdressers really have, you know, that, that the power they have in their hands, mm. how empowered hairdressers are in their communities and also how empowered hairdressers, especially salon owners and managers, the power that you have in your hands to actually create a, an environment, a world, a, an experience for your clients and you have that power you have that power to change the environmental experience to actually uplift your clients experience and um, engagement with you you have that power and I want I want to actually bring into into the storyline here is that I know we've had this, the, the idea of what a salon is, the paradigm of a salon in our psyche, in the collective psyche for a really long time, guys. You go to a salon, there's dryers everywhere, people are talking, coffee's everywhere, and maybe alcohol, and there's noise, and there's phones ringing, and, and this is like within the psyche of the hairdressing culture. And what I want to bring is it bring into this conversation is like you are empowered to change that. You have the power to go, I don't want to listen to the phone ringing. I don't want a lot of noise or I don't want to have, you know, mindless conversations going on all over the place where people are talking over people. I want to actually put more mindful conversations in and or boundaries or 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 um or um I was going to say SOPs where you actually your systems and your operations we actually put that down and go is this is something that I want you to sit with what do you want your salon to be 
what kind of energetic exchange, that essence that people are going to be drawn and magnetized into your space, what do you want that essence to be? And understand that you have the power to make that happen because you are the magician. You are the magicianess. You are the creator of your reality. And this is like handing the baton to you. And ritual is about like what is it that you want to put in place? What rituals do you want to put in place that changes your reality? that brings you more in alignment with the reality that you want to live in, not the reality that you're led into, but the reality that you want to live in. And this is a very powerful place to be because you are now the, you are now the director of your life and you are not being led, you are directing and you are leading. And that's a very different mindset to go by. You know, like you can cultivate the kind of environment you want, just knowing that statement and changing it. Even if you, even if you shut or take away, like take off for a week or two and go on vacation and reflect on this, reflect on who it is that you are and what it is that you need now, what you need to put in place to honor and nourish your soul. I'm going to drop the S word right now. <laughs> what do you need to nourish and honor your soul? so that you're not burnt out, so that you're not exhausted, so that you're not stressed. That is that, that concept is a concept of the past. We are no longer in that need anymore. There is nothing that actually honours and replenishes and nourishes the human soul and the your humanness if you're in that state. That is just, that's disease. That is illness. That is breakdown, burnout, fatigue, that is that is something that's going to lead you to a hospital bed. That's not mm -hmm. something that's going to replenish and enliven your life. It's not something that you're going to take out of the salon and move into your family and your connections and your loved ones and actually enrich their soul. Mm -hmm. And this cycle of life, and I'm, I'm, I'm bringing ritual into this because it's part of everything that we do in the mindfulness that we do it in and being aware that you're empowered to make those choices. Ah, oh, oh, is all exactly. I've got to say. <laughs> exactly. Well, one thing that you're saying is say when you're creating that and you're doing the leadership in the salon and, and we're empowered and we're going to, it's, it, you have to be aware too, that you can say, yeah, we're going to do some great things. We're going to set up a coffee bar. Every client in our salon gets a coffee. So now you give that client a coffee, but you also have to be mindful. What is that key caffeine going to do to them? Is it going to make them hyper? Is it like the end of the day, they're not going to be able to sleep? Um, how is that going to affect if they're sitting there for two hours, you know, sort of thing. So I would be mindful of that and not really say, oh, here, we brought you a beverage because most clients won't say no, even though they don't want one. They just mm -hmm. don't want to appear ungrateful or impolite. But be careful when you're offering stimulants to clients because with coffee too, it also can make people hyper. Some people are fine, but some people it dehydrates them as well with that mm -hmm. caffeine. And now if you're kind of noticing my client, Oh, I gave them a coffee, but now they're more irritable. They're more this and more that. So be pay attention when you're offering them a beverage that you do have alternatives um, other than coffee. 
as I say, it may be a lemon water, it may be a lavender tea, it may be, you know, what, what they, they need instead of just a coffee bar, because everybody has a coffee bar, which is great. It's wonderful. But what do you have? You have tons of sugars, you have high sugar creamers, you have, so now you're giving them caffeine and you're giving them a ton of sugar. So you know what happens to kids when they get lollipops and they got a ton of sugar. So that's also going to happen to adults when you're working with them. And that's going to also impair or, or do something with their, their mind as you're communicating as well. And since we're bringing out a holistic model, I believe that that's, that's one thing we should be aware of. Also what we're serving, you know, our clients as well. It's great to have it there, but be aware what it, what it can do for your clients. Is, is it, you know, um, impeding them? Is it, is it going to enhance the, the journey that they're going to experience? Or are they now you're going to be on edge because now they're, they're, they're having some withdrawal from the, the caffeine because they've been there for a few hours. <laughs> but well, that's, that's, that's what was coming through for me uh, too. Mm. And that's, that's being, say, be, being mindful. But when you're creating the experience, also remember when you're making that, when you're creating that experience, what you're actually putting in and what the possible outcomes could be as well. You were, you're talking about arousal states. Yeah. So we were mm -hmm. talking about arousal states back a few module of a few, sorry, um, podcasts yeah. ago. and mm -hmm. this is really a big part of like what it is that we're cultivating, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I'm, I, I don't want to like, speaking about if I'm going to if I'm being authentic for me a holistic model has no caffeine in it at all and I'm going to be mm -hmm. really strong about this mm -hmm. you know if you want to have a holistic salon don't have stimulants in it at all zero no stimulants because that's not for me that's not a holistic model it's not because it, it does it causes heightened arousal states through substance that actually is not authentic it's not it actually takes your client's up too many notches mm -hmm. and when you lose that person into their body i never i've never i don't give clients mm -hmm. anything with caffeine in it ever mm -hmm. it's just beautiful herbal teas that i tune in and i actually create fresh mm -hmm. and there i make a pot for them and i'm just giving you an example of what i do i make a mm -hmm. pot for my clients and i just tune into their energy when they're walking because i only do one-on-ones mm -hmm. and i before they come in, I'm like, I'm just going to make something calming and nourishing for their soul. And I have the pot sitting there waiting for them when they arrive. Mm -hmm. It's it's already there. It's already there for them. And they can choose to have it or not, but the intention, the ritual of actually creating yep. something that's nourishing for their soul, for their for the session for their well-being, for us dropping into authenticity and having a holistic experience with our clients. Mm -hmm. This is what we're encouraging because we're also helping our clients or guiding our clients into making better choices for themselves as well. And if we're really, I mean, we're going to step into this in a couple of podcasts. I don't want to give mm -hmm. it away. <laughs> Sorry. Mm -hmm. I was always going to give it yeah. away. But um, we I see hairdressers as... People, when clients come to us, they come to us because they trust us. Mm -hmm. We've created trust with our clients. And if we've created trust with our clients and we're not being mindful about the care, the really deep, very real care that we're taking for our clients, their minds, 
their bodies, their spirits, their emotions, mm -hmm. their well-being, their authenticity, everything. We're, this is holistic. This is being holistic. We're looking at the person holistically. Mm -hmm. And this is our responsibility because they are coming into our space. So it's your responsibility to make sure that you're aware of what, if you're bringing a holistic model into your business, this is what we're talking about. It's from woe to go. It's from before they walk in to when they walk out. We're going to talk about end and closing rituals in a sec, but to close this conversation, I feel this, I suppose it's really, you know, um, sort of the nature of the fluidity of this conversation. Yeah, it's a, where, where it kind of comes out and stuff like that because I think a lot of salon or professionals, they have things that happen in the salon, but they don't know why. But sometimes it could be contributed to the snacks you offer, the drinks you offer, and say, mm -hmm. be be aware. And as I say, with, with my shop, we always made their beverage like for the individual, we didn't just have a pot and everybody got that. Whoever came in, we had a, a wide variety of things that mm -hmm. we prepare for them sort of thing. We're already at our, our um, yeah, we have about 15 minutes left. <laughs> I'm, so I'm going to just jump straight into closing, yep. like closing rituals because we want to, we want to, I don't want to leave you without actually having something to close with. So mm -hmm. how do you end a session? with a client like in 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 a ritualistic ways through communication the first one's communication how do you summarize your session with a client that's a very important question how do you summarize their experience how do you actually receive feedback how do you actually tap in to see that they're closed off before they leave you and they walk out the salon you know and this is a conversation this is like oh so how are you feeling now like after our session, we're coming to the end. How are you feeling now? You know, has anything come up for you? Like what do you, what, what, you know, have, have you shifted? You know, has your state shifted from when you walked into now? So what's your state? Where's your state at? Checking in with where your client is at through communication is number one. Secondly, um, is noticing their body language noticing if they're tense or they're relaxed or what 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 their body language the nonverbal cues that you're picking up from them is part of this communication and conversation which we talked about in commu in communication but this is closing yeah so summarizing feedback very important closing aspects through communication the other one is is Making sure, like I like to use sage when a client's leaving me, before they leave me. I actually like to burn sage. That is one of my rituals because sage for me is clearing anything that they've let go of in the session that they've brought up, that's come up in the session and they've sur it's surfaced. And sage is a cleansing smoke. So I sage my clients as a closing ritual, something that you can use if you want. And I actually sage their whole body. So you can use that. So you can do something like that or you can use Palo Santo or something. We're bringing in holistic models of how do you close. And this expectation that my clients have with me is that they know that I'm going to close them off cognitively. I'm going to close them off spiritually. I'm going to close them off emotionally and I'm going to close them off physically. So they're looking at themselves they're communicating and giving feedback and summarizing about their experience 
and they're spiritually feeling like everything is brought back. This is your responsibility as a holistic hairdresser, bringing your client back. If you've expanded them into the space, you need to bring them back into their vessel, their body completely before they leave your space. You need to make sure they're not in an altered state. Big, big words here. They're not in an altered state when they leave you because they can be in a very altered state when you deepen in this way through the ritual, the mindfulness, the practices, all of these things that you bring into the space. So summarizing, feedback, closing in terms of energetic closing with a smudge or something and making sure that they're actually back. You can give them some water, something that actually brings them back into their body and actually just cleanses, nourishes, replenishes and then once you feel that they're back and then you can end a session and then you can end a session I also wanted to talk really quickly about how you close the salon off as well that's a really big important part of it it's like that's the client so at the end of your day when your clients are done and everybody's gone home really important to close with your team Go around again. If you did the if you did the intentionality circle in the morning where you went around and go, oh, so how are you feeling? And everybody had, you know, a quick word of I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling happy or whatever it is. You need to do the same ritual at the end of the day. How are you feeling now? Like how are you, where, where are you at? Make sure that your team come back into their body. Make sure you come back into your body. And a thing I love to do, make sure you smudge the space at the end of your day clear the energy out of the day it could be a few words of gratitude that you use this is really deeply holistic ritual here thank you for the space i clear any energy that's in this space from conversations to deposits of emotions to whatever and this is and then and then close your door after you've cleaned and everything I like to do this ritual before I walk out of the space and I just clear it. And you know what? Energetically, the next morning when you come in, you're going to have a neutral space to walk, work from. And this is something that hairdressers do not realize. The amount of energetic deposit in your space. And if you do that every day and you don't do any clearing and you're not mindful of the energetic deposits and clearing that out, again, we're talking about a holistic model here. This actually accumulates through the week and it actually causes a lot of emotional instability by the end of the week because you're sitting in a container full of stories and 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 and, and downloads and emotion and all sorts of things are in this container. So it's really important to close your space, energetically smudge it, palo santo, whatever it is that really frankincense, whatever it is that you actually feel called to, to use and just close it off by just a bit of gratitude and then close your door and then walk away. Make sure that you do this with your staff, you do it for yourself and you do it for the space. And this is closing down your day. And I think it also connects, the leader also connects with the manager, the owner that connects with the staff more so, and you know exactly where they're at, or if something's out of balance, you can address it before they go home. So they're not bringing it back the next day. And we've talked about this on a previous podcast about, you know, having it a no dumping zone. But when everybody's dumping, 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 especially if you have several employees, that's all left in there. And then when you walk in that, because you see some, some, 
salons are like, I can see, I can cut the tension with a knife. It's because all that stuff energetically is still left there, mm. you know, and you want to make sure that you clear all that out, that everybody's good. Everybody's okay. The same with my clients. If I've, they've been in and they've had like, you know, somebody pass away, they're in a certain state. I want to make sure they're left not to say that grieving isn't important, but you want to make sure that they're, they're in a state where they're more balanced and, and you know, they can feel the healing powers that be and, and stuff like that. But this has been another powerful <laughs> podcast where, as you say, this is number 10 of 12. So we only have two more, two more left. So we'll, we'll see everybody again at, at six o'clock PM Eastern standard time and 9 AM, um, Australian Eastern Standard Time next Sunday and Monday. Um, if anybody has any questions, you can pop them in the comments. If you want to praise us and say, wow, this was a great show, feel great too, because we'll celebrate you as well. Um, I just wanted to let everybody know today's episode has been brought to you by Beauty Institute Cruises, powerful education and beautiful destinations. January will be in Australia. So Mary Anna and I and friends will be there um, and, and kind of continuing what we've been doing on the podcast about changing, you know, hairdressers from the inside out, but it can really be anybody in the beauty industry. It could be anybody. You don't necessarily have to be a hairstylist, but we kind of like to have like-minded people kind of grouped together and that sort of thing where we'll leave Melbourne. Uh, we go to Hobart, which is in Tasmania. We have an overnight in Tasmania, and then we're back to Melbourne with also two great days of education. Plus we have lots of social stuff in the evenings. And, you know, if you're into sustainability, Hobart is one of the most sustainable places you'll ever visit. And just to kind of see a different environment that isn't I, Australia, I guess a lot of people think it's just kangaroos and koala bears. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is amazing to see, I guess some of those, some of those, those kangaroos though they're muscular and they can take you down so you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be aware you have to be wary of them um and then coming june we're doing uh so we have another event which is our mediterranean cruise and you can go there at www.beautyindustrycruises.com and at, on ig uh, beauty industry cruises make sure to follow there and also if you want to follow us um you can follow myself at Brad Celebrity Hairstylist and also Beauty Industry Cruises. If you want to follow Mary Anna, uh, you can follow Mary Anna at head.ed.evolve on Instagram. And her website is um, so headed is www.headed.headed. Uh, well, head ed, <laughs> we say, <laughs> .com.au because she's in Australia. And before we go, I just want to uh, have Marianne talk a little bit about evolve and what kind of is going on with evolve and and yeah if people wanted to kind of take it uh you know what should what should they look for we just have this one so uh, yeah thank you great uh topic love it um yes i smudge and check in with my team which is am am amazing so i'd love to hear more on that um just kind of how so you as a leader, how do you find checking in with your team that draw, does that draw your team closer and make them more uh, of a community or how do they take when you kind of check in or they kind of know that this is what we do. This is part of our ritual. And, you know, I'd really love to hear that as, as Marianne kind of goes on and talks a little bit about Evolve. 
Um, yeah, thank you, Brad. Yeah, Evolve is um, starting on the 1st of February in 2024. It is a 12-month container. Everything that we've been talking about in the last 10 podcasts is what we dive very deeply in Evolve and you study. So when you come out of Evolve, you actually are a holistic, evolved holistic hairdresser. So everything that we're talking about here, this is the curriculum that's actually going to bring you into this state of awareness, this state of practice, and this state of knowledge. And like any other industry has their curriculum, their study, their diplomas, their degrees, this is a curriculum I put together that is the hairdressing equivalent degree of um, becoming a holistic hairdresser. So super important, very excited. I'm only taking 20 people in the container for the 12 months and it's not because I'm trying to limit it. It's because I'm running this and everybody gets personal time with me on the calls. We have live calls at the beginning of every module um, and we have live workshops as well. So it gives me an opportunity to really dive deeply with you also with this. So if you're really interested in making a career change with your work and really are looking at becoming a holistic evolved hairdresser seriously, then I would suggest jump on my website at www.headed.com.au and follow the Evolve threads. There's everything there. The prospectus is there. Everything is there on my website. If you'd like to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with me personally, you can also book a discovery call and we can have a chat about it. Another thing, if you've got questions about what it is to be an Evolved hairdresser or to actually step into what it means to be holistic, I'm running a free live one-hour webinar at, at 1 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, which is free. If you go to Head Ed, the event will be posted there. Book your spot, bring your questions, and we can actually have a conversation about what it means to become a holistic hairdresser for your future and your career. Amazing. So we're going to close off with, uh, so yes, uh, um, they write they write their vibe on the mirror oh yeah so that's good so write their vibe on the mirror in the back room uh especially if we are busy or something comes up during the day sometimes feelings are uh, hard to face to face and and that <laughs> okay yeah so then Sharon said yeah right now right <laughs> right. So yeah, and that's one thing I never thought of writing it on. We used to always have like a box where we would have our stylus for myself and my salon. They would put them in the box. We also used to have stuff of of so not what you did wrong, but if if any of our stylists noticed any of the staff doing something right or should be praised for, we also mm -hmm. had that as well. Mm -hmm. Right? So um, yeah. And which, which was kind of great too, but as I say, like leaving that, and then you're not leaving the salon with mm. un, unresolved stuff, right? Mm. Then as soon as you leave it there, you're free, you're clear, you walk in the next day, you're good to go, and you don't have anything kind of lingering. Yeah, the the writing on the mirror is actually part of the Evolve curriculum. Like you actually mm -hmm. learn how to use mirrors as a therapeutic tool. So it's actually what we use as for words, language, internal landscape, yeah. expressions. It's what we use. So it's really powerful. But you learn mm -hmm. all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
That's great. So I want to say thank you for everybody for joining us on today's show. So this is number 10 of 12 um, of the uh, changing hairstyles, uh, changing hairdressers from the inside out. So again, thank you for watching. If you have any questions on today's episode or would like to be a guest or have a great idea, you can email me at hairstylistempowermentpodcast at outlook.com and then we can go from there and I'll see everybody get on the right thing here <laughs> next time. <laughs>